How's your day going so far? Are you listening to me while you're in the car going to work, uh, maybe to do some shopping, or perhaps to school? Do you have a family? Are the kids going to a Christian school and maybe a church camp in the summer? Do you have plans for the weekend? How about your church activities? You know, not everybody in the world has the same freedoms, especially of worship, that you and I do. The persecution today is as it has always been in multi-forms. You have believers in North Korea, for example, who are watched by the government, by neighborhood watches that are reminiscent of back when we started, the old Soviet Union systems. Then they're imprisoned in labor camps. There are 60,000 followers of Jesus from various denominations, but they're all followers of Jesus who are in labor camps in North Korea. So sometimes you have that kind of persecution where you have the government using all of its force to clamp down on Christians. In other cultures, Afghanistan is number two. Welcome to another edition of Come Receive the Light with our host, Father Christopher Metropolis, the president of Hellenic College and Holy Cross Orthodox School of Theology. And I'm Mike Trout, and our topic today is the persecuted church. As a matter of fact, we're going to launch into a series with this program, and we'll be touching on this subject in a variety of ways over the next several weeks. I hope you can join us for each broadcast. If you can't, you can always listen online at myocn.net. That's myocn.net. Just click on the radio button and then select Come Receive the Light. We have our archives posted there. You can direct your friends and others as well to this broadcast on social media and on our website, myocn.net. We're a part of the umbrella ministry called the Orthodox Christian Network, and that's at myocn.net. And with our conversation today, here's our host, Father Chris. Today we're talking with David Curry, the president and CEO of Open Doors USA. Open Doors USA is a community of Christians who come together to support persecuted believers in more than 60 countries. Open Doors has worked in the world's most oppressive countries, empowering Christians who are persecuted for their beliefs. Open Doors equips persecuted Christians in more than 60 countries through programs like Bible and Gospel Development, Women and Children Advancement, and Christian Community Restoration. Welcome, David. Nice to have you with us. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, we're excited to talk with you about this because we've gone to several uh, actually religious persecution conferences around the world and spoken to a few people. So let's hear about what is Open Doors and how did it begin? Well, Open Doors began over 60 years ago. Our founder was a man who was given the name Brother Andrew. That was a code name that he was given because his ministry and his goal was to try to support Christians behind the Iron Curtain through the lens of Orthodox, you're talking about Russian Orthodox Church, other believers behind the Iron Curtain, and he began to smuggle Bibles because he believed that no door was closed to the Gospel. He wanted people to have the ability to have a Bible, to read a Bible, to study a Bible, and decide for themselves what they think about it. And so that's how we began. And now, all these years later, Open Doors still exists, and we're here to stand with persecuted believers Uh, wherever they may be, in the most hostile places to the gospel, and try to see what they need, how we can help. But fundamentally, it's still about the book, making sure people have access to the Bible, making sure that we're advocating for those, giving a voice to those that don't have 
a voice uh, in in their society. We can speak up. We can let their voice be heard through us. That's fundamentally what Open Doors is about, standing with persecuted Christians. And specifically about the work that you go into communities, how does it work? Well, what we do is we're on the ground with them in these various countries. We stand with them. We listen say, what is it you need to survive first and foremost and then to thrive? And in many communities, that's a tough question. Uh, when you look at our world watch list, which measures persecution around the, the world, it's, it's a trusted, the most trusted source on persecution of Christians. You have places like North Korea, like Somalia, uh, Afghanistan, uh, these kinds of places where there's a lot of persecution from different forces. It's very difficult. So when you're asking Christians on the ground, you're breaking bread with them, you're finding out, what do you need? They might say, well, we need training. We need support. We need economic development. There's all number of things that people need within their community, and it may differ from one place to the next, but what, what we find is the thread that holds it all together is is, is finding out from, from the grassroots what do you need to survive and then to thrive. You know, in the Orthodox uh, Christian Church, we read every day uh, a thing called the Synaxarion, which is the list of the saints whose memories are commemorated on that day who died for Christ, uh, literally were martyred, most of them, uh, in horrific, horrific ways. Uh, I don't know, how can we share with our listeners what forms does persecution of the Christian take its place in today's society? Well, and I, I thank you for sharing that because it's such an encouragement to me to know that Orthodox believers do that. The persecution today is as it has always been in multi-forms, but you have believers in North Korea, for example, who are watched by the government, by neighborhood watches that are reminiscent of back when we started, the old Soviet Union systems, where they're giving neighbors extra food, extra money. If they'll spy on their Christian neighbors and report them, if they find them with the Bible, then neighbor they're in prison. Neighbor. Yeah, neighbor against neighbor. Then they're imprisoned in labor camps. There are 60,000 followers of Jesus from various denominations. But they're all followers of Jesus who are in labor camps in North Korea. So sometimes you have that kind of persecution where you have the government using all of its force to clamp down on Christians. In other cultures, Afghanistan is number two on our world watch list. And it is an extremist Islamic culture where the Taliban controls half of the country's territories. It's, it's very dangerous in general, but it, it is particularly uh, dangerous for people who want to practice Christian faith. And the church is largely underground there. So their needs are going to be greatly different than, than some other churches. And the persecution is going to be within the family. If, if, if a Muslim decides he wants to convert, that would be greatly problematic in Afghanistan. They might lose their life. They certainly would lose whatever livelihood they had. So that's a form of persecution that's different. We divide it into the squeeze, the pressure that you get from family and culture and these kinds of things, or the smash. Sometimes you have church bombings and attacks uh, that are very bloody and noisy, and they make the newspaper. And other times it's a squeeze. It's just the pressure. You can't do this. You can't decide for yourself. You can't read that book. We're gonna, you're going to lose your job. You're going to be kicked out of the family. You're going to get beat up, these kinds of things. Well, in, in the early church, it was you either uh, would deny Christ. It wasn't specific to the Scripture, to the Bible itself. 
but you were asked to deny Christ, and if you didn't, you would uh, lose a hand, uh, lose your eyes, uh, be torn asunder. Uh, it was just just brutal, and I can imagine now, of course, these are the modern-day ways uh, of persecution, and they're still as horrendous as always. Yeah. Uh, let's change the subject a little bit and, and move to the support structure that you have. What do you provide for persecuted Christians? Well, starting from figuring out their needs, what we want to do is, is to help in whatever way. So we divide it into a couple of different areas, one of which is to 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 look at is there a way that we can help reestablish Christian communities in in Iraq we're helping to move Christians back we helped we had 150,000 uh Christians in the north of Iraq for the last few years when ISIS came in so we had a refugee camp for Christians and Yazidis helping them to sustain in the country and now many of them want to move back to the Nineveh Plain near Mosul, the areas they were driven out of. We want to reestablish that Christian community. It's been a Christian community since the time of Christ. And we we desperately want to be part of that. So sometimes it takes reestablishment forms that we're going to help them to survive and reestablish their their community. I'm of the mind that 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 if a church is, is blown up, is attacked, we should be of the spirit to say that we're not going to let those people win. We're going to rebuild that yeah. church. Maybe sure. we want to build an extra one so that the, the, the message is clear that there, there, there will be no victory. Other times, it's, it, we focus on, on education. The church is isolated in, in some of these countries. They don't want Christians to learn to read. The, uh, they don't want them to get jobs. So we might help them with economic development, to try to uh, sustain life, to make sure that they have the education. Uh, sometimes Christians are at the back of the, uh, of the classroom, if if allowed in at all, in some of these extremist uh, uh, cultures or, or systems. And then we would train pastors, tra- you know, make sure people have Bibles, what I would call mm-hmm. spiritual development, those sort of things. Okay, we spoke in the beginning of the program about uh, your outreach to 60 countries. Um, so talk a little bit about that outreach effort. How does that happen with Open Doors? Well, we began, as I said, in the Soviet Union, and that was our only focus, is trying to figure out how we, how we can supply Bibles and support to, to the Soviet Union. As the world began to shift, we, we began to shift and look and say, where, where's a difficult region where we can be of assistance, knowing our unique skill set here at Open Doors? Mm-hmm. Working in hostile, uh, you know, territories that are hostile to the gospel, and we moved to China, and began to do uh, the Soviet Union and China, and now we are in any country uh, where persecution is to moderate or extreme levels, and trying to establish a network of believers. and And here's one of the things that's important for people to understand about Open Doors is we're we're not trying to be the church. We want to support. The Orthodox Church, where it where it exists, we want to support any other manifestation of Christian faith wherever it may exist. So we're not trying to start churches. We want to support the church that's already there to stand with them. One of your goals is the restoration of the Christian community. Can you describe one such community that was restored? What's the chance that they will not be persecuted again. I mean, you, you build the church, they knock it down, you build another one. What's been your practice? What's been your support? Uh, what's been your experience thus far? Our understanding of Scripture is that we, we're not going to be able to stop persecution. 
maybe the one way you could stop persecution is if you stop talking about Jesus and stop worshiping, and we have no intention of doing that. Hmm. So persecution is going to be here. What we want to do is to is to make sure that the church is not isolated, that they're not left alone, and that they know that that they they have support and we can be with them. So when we talk about restoring the church, I think Iraq is a great example. Here's a church that for over a decade has really been struggling. You had a million two hundred thousand followers of Jesus in that region when American troops pulled out under President Bush, and the the Iraqi government wasn't able to keep the peace. Christians began to be the target, and now you have somewhere around 200,000 Christians that are left. Mm. We need, and many of these Christians would move back to their homeland, to their to their family's land, and be part of the Christian community if they felt there was some safety there, if they felt there was some support. And so we're making every effort to to help Christians if they want to stay, to support them, to encourage, to talk to governments and agencies and make sure that their voice is being heard in all this. We took believers from Iraq, from uh, the Mosul and uh, Nineveh area, and we took them to the White House. We talked to those leaders. We took them to the UN. We talked to those leaders, making sure their voices are heard, and then help them rebuild, get their houses back together, get their churches back together, make sure they have the support they need to sustain life. They already are a vibrant church. When you talk to them, they they escaped from ISIS at 11 o'clock at night. Because why? Because they were connected to their pastor. Their pastor was connected. They they moved as a family of believers to the north on a moment's notice, and they stayed together, and now they want to move back. So the church is still there, a remnant of it, but we have to give them the support and care they need because it, the, I think that the, the tactic of the enemy, whether that enemy is a physical in a, uh, enemy like ISIS mm-hmm. or if it, you just see it as, as the destroyer, as the devil, is to isolate the church, get it alone, get it discouraged, make it see that there's... In, in their view, no no solution, no answer, and that shrivels up and dies. It's not always the case that the church flourishes under persecution. Sometimes that happens. That was happening secretly in China all those years. The church was growing underground under great pressure, and then it just, boom, it took off. But sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Other times when it's isolated and it's left alone, it shrivels and dies, and we, we want to stand with that. Uh, and and unfortunately, while the, there's never been persecution in the modern age like there has been in the last four or five years, it's at an unprecedented level, we also see great things happening. And I want your listeners to know that Jesus is doing well everywhere. People are curious about him. People want to know, they want to hear, they want to read about Jesus. And, and I want to make sure they're able to do that. And it's amazing that the... Uh the power and the strength and the courage that comes to those uh, who believe in the Scripture, believe in God, and obviously who go forward to help these people who are truly being persecuted. You have a great organization, OpenDoorsUSA.org, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great, very good. Um, What other ways can uh, our listeners help you? 
there are practical ways. We have prayer lists that, that people can pray through, prayer updates. Please do sign up for those sorts of things. But also stories you can share on your social media about what's going on so that the, the body of Christ is informed. We want to unite people, connect people. But there's also projects where people can get involved and support uh, these churches in these countries, indigenous churches who want us to survive, who want to grow and be salt and light in this in this dark world. Thank you so much, David. We wish you the very best. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And David Curry is the president and CEO of Open Doors USA on the web at opendoorsusa.org. And as always, we will have a link to that on our website at myocn.net. That's myocn.net. If you joined us just a little bit late, this is Come Receive the Light from the Orthodox Christian Network. And we are beginning with this particular broadcast, a series of conversations about the persecuted church around the world. I do hope you can join us for future programs. And if you'd like to listen again to this broadcast, go to that website, myocn.net. Click on the radio uh, tab on the top of the homepage or near the top of the homepage and select Come Receive the Light. You'll also see when you go to the website that there is a whole lot more to this ministry than just this weekly visit called Come Receive the Light. Explore everything we have to encourage you and your family in your walk with Christ. That's myocn.net. And please remember, we are a nonprofit outreach dependent entirely upon your prayer support and your financial partnership. I'm Mike Trout. Our host is Father Christopher Metropolis, the president of Hellenic College and Holy Cross Orthodox School of Theology. And until we meet again, please remember to always have faith in what you listen to. I see the world your way, and I'm not afraid to follow. I see the world your way, I'm not ashamed to say so I see the Jesus way And I'm walking in the light